G'day. We hope you're enjoying our podcast. Producing a podcast is costly, both time and money. If you'd like to show your support and offer a one-off payment, even the price of a coffee or a beer, that'd be greatly appreciated and would go a long way to support us. If you'd like to leave a donation, head to the show notes of this episode and click on the ACAST supporter link. Be sure to leave your message of support too. Thanks again. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The thoughts and opinions shared in this podcast are just that. It's up to the listener to decide what is true and what is not true. This podcast contains coarse language, references to violence, sexual abuse and murder, and may not be suitable for everyone. Discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to the first chapter of Who Killed Lee in Holland. My name is Graham Crowley. Why a podcast on this particular murder, which has been the subject of so much media attention? Because this case is far from finished. I believe a coroner's inquest or an independent, impartial investigation is the only way to resolve the matter. I'm a former Queensland Police detective and left the Queensland Police after serving 12 years. I then worked in the private sector doing investigation work. I was involved in numerous investigations during those times, including serious crimes of rape and murder. Despite some media portraying me as being a supporter of Graham Stafford's cause, I believe I am just the messenger. It has been said that I am obsessed with the case. It is easy to label people. At the end of the day, I do not believe Graham Stafford killed Leanne Holland. I want the real killer identified and brought to justice. Leanne Holland deserves nothing less. The whole judicial system deserves nothing less. The public rely on the police and courts to do their job, to get it right. Why has the Queensland Police Service resisted my efforts so strenuously whilst I have been investigating this matter? I think their reluctance has to do with saving face, refusing to admit they made a mistake and not willing to say they are sorry. But I'll let you be the judge of that. In total, I've been involved in over 100 newspaper, television and other media interviews in relation to this case. In 2016, a member of the Queensland Police illegally and unlawfully leaked the police review to a television station which used it for commercial purposes. That leak was never investigated by Queensland Police. We have been told that only 10 copies of the report were printed and they were given to very senior police officers. We will be inviting members of the Queensland Police to discuss why the leak report was never investigated, why they fought so hard to release the report and more importantly, did they investigate the various matters we handed to them. Graham Stafford served just short of 15 years in prison before being paroled. He refused to participate in courses where admitting guilt was a requirement. Participation in such courses was a prerequisite to parole. What sort of prisoner was Graham Stafford whilst in prison? 
We discuss that in depth in a later chapter. Join us on this journey to find out who killed Leanne Holland. It was one of the most brutal child killings in Australia's history. Leanne Holland's badly beaten body was found dumped in bushland in the outer western suburbs of Brisbane in 1991. This was a vicious, brutal, sadistic murder of a 12-year-old girl. The de facto of the 13-year-old's older sister was charged and convicted. Queensland police say their review of the Leanne Holland case will be thorough. If we uncover any new evidence, we'll certainly explore that. Hi, my name's Graeme Stafford. I have not been involved in the production of this podcast, but have been invited to tell my side of the story. In 1991, I was sentenced to life in prison for the murder of Leanne Holland, a murder I did not commit. This is not my story. This is the story of the murder of Leanne Holland and a search for the truth, a search that continues to this day. A 610 Media Production. This is Who Killed Leanne Holland. Chapter 1. A Poison Chalice. G'day, I'm Jamie Poltz. For those who don't know me, I'm the host of another true crime podcast called Beanham Valley Road. It was through this podcast that I came to know Graham Crowley. Graham had listened to BVR and became a friend and mentor to me, offering advice and encouragement. Our discussions went beyond Beanham Valley Road and often talked about the Leanne Holland case. Graham had spent many years investigating this case and published a book in 2005. I was intrigued by what he had told me, a young girl brutally murdered nearly 30 years ago, her sister's boyfriend quickly arrested, tried and convicted. Subsequent appeals refused and the killer sentenced to life imprisonment. Ongoing media disquiet about the case. But things didn't stack up according to Graham. The evidence didn't fit. No motive, no window of opportunity to commit the murder and no witnesses. The forensic evidence didn't stand up to scrutiny. A hint of police misconduct. Bizarre allegations of involvement by a Holland family friend. Strenuous denials of involvement by the killer. A police review of the investigation concluding they had got it right. The Queensland government continually refusing to hold an inquest into the murder, despite it being a legal requirement. Queensland police taking a similar stance, claiming an inquest is not in the public interest. After six or so months, we finally met in person. I was in Sydney and Graham was two hours away in Newcastle. We saw it as a perfect opportunity to get together and chat over a beer. What he told me made me even more interested in the case. I could see where he was coming from, and this story needed to be told. Okay, so, Graham, you've got quite a bit of paperwork here. What's this one? Okay, these, these are some of the crime scene photos. Yep. On the table was a photo album containing crime scene photos. Beside it, a large binder book that Graham told me was his report he wrote after he investigated. Good idea of the graphic nature of the of the murder. Now, with these photos is, we don't know who owned that dress, but she's found dead in someone else's clothes. And you've been here, haven't you? Yeah. 
this, and I can take you there. Mm. And it's not far off the road. No. Right? But she's just been dumped there like a bit of rubbish. And you can see she's been... Far out, that's heavy. She's been flogged mercilessly. Right? Poor darling. You can see the... That's the, the skull. skull. The skull fractures. Um, There's a five vicious, centimetre. Viciously. Five yep. centimetre crack in her skull there. Yep. She has really, really taken a beating. Another defensive wound. Okay, so that's her right hand. Yep. Oh, more, wow. More signs of, you know, severe beating. Like, it, it was very, very personal. It's a lot, like, a the, lot of damage to her head. This was a separate wound mm -hmm. um, around the anus. Mm -hmm. A stab wound or something like yeah. that. Really weird. Who does that sort of stuff? Mm. Here's a mark on the thigh. The original pathologist thought that it was it had been done with a perhaps the point of a knife. Like a it's, carving type thing, you mean? Yeah, yeah. It's it's like a V. Mm. Yeah. I've never seen anything like it. And people I've shown it to have never seen anything like it. At this point, I didn't know what I got myself into. Was Graham Stafford guilty or innocent? So I asked Graham Crowley, had he handed me a poison chalice? <laughs> that, that's a matter for you, Jamie. There is uh, a lot of intrigue surrounding the Leanne Holland murder. It has gone on for, for so many years now and, and has had so much media attention. Some of the evidence does support a case against uh, Graham Stafford. But there is a lot of evidence that does not support uh, Graham Stafford as the killer in this case. It is universally accepted that there are a lot of problems with the original police investigation, details of which we will talk about in later chapters. Stuff that really is incredible and hard to believe. Convicted criminals conducting investigations, attending crime scenes. Before we go any further, let me explain there are three Grahams in this story. There's Graham Crowley, the investigator and the co-host of this podcast. Then there's Graham Stafford, the man who was convicted of the crime and did nearly 15 years in prison. And there's also Graham Richards, the arresting police officer, who would go on to do several interviews with Graham Stafford. So you'll be hearing the name Graham a fair bit in this podcast. There was, there was such a groundswell of concern by um, the public over this case that uh, the Queensland Police eventually and reluctantly agreed to review of the original investigation. Closer to home, it's one of Queensland's most controversial murder cases. And now, 19 years after the death of schoolgirl Leanne Holland, the state's police are reviewing their investigation. Her accused killer spent 15 years behind bars for the murder, but last year that conviction was quashed. Now he says he hopes the truth will be revealed. The man who was convicted of the murder of 12-year-old Leanne Holland says his life's been on hold for almost two decades while he's fought to clear his name. I'm ecstatic, I guess, um, over the moon that they finally um, 
taken uh, that next step forward. And that was problematic because the police were investigating themselves and the result was a foregone conclusion. They concluded that their original investigation was uh, satisfactory and uh, that they had properly identified the killer. As a result of that review, the DPP decided not to prosecute Graham Stafford again. The Queensland Police closed their, their file. As far as they're concerned, they had the right offender and we are left with a situation where no one has been convicted of the uh, murder of Leanne Holland. So how did you become involved in this case in the first place? Graham Stafford was convicted of the murder in 1991. In 1992, I was working as a private inquiry agent after leaving the Queensland Police and I rarely, if ever, took uh, private clients. Uh, the Stafford family were referred to me by one of my law firm clients who uh, acted for the Queensland Police Union of Employees. So if a police officer was charged with a criminal offence and inquiries were needed, they would outsource it to uh, an investigator such as myself and we'd make inquiries on behalf of the police officer who's facing criminal charges. So as it turned out, the Staffords were were referred to this law firm uh, until, that is, they found out they also worked for the Queensland Police and uh, and they dropped them. But be that as it may, the Staffords were referred to me and I decided to conduct inquiries on their behalf. Uh, Eric and Jean Stafford um, were a polite couple, both small in stature, uh, in their mid-50s. They came to my office and, and told me this tale about their son being convicted of murder and that they were convinced that he was uh, innocent. Were you aware of the case before that? That was the first I'd heard of this case. They wanted an investigator to make inquiries on their behalf. Graham Stafford had been um, convicted by that stage. He'd also had an appeal to the Court of Appeal in Queensland, which had been refused and the conviction was upheld. And when they came to me, it was actually in the process of going to the High Court for an application to hear the matter. And uh, in Australia, the High Court is, is the final step. If that is refused, then you can go no further. Your conviction uh, is finalised. So they asked me to, to make inquiries and, uh, and I undertook to do that on their behalf. I did explain to them that I may find evidence that implicated their son. I would tell them and I would show them whatever evidence I found, good and bad. Um, they understood that and they accepted that. The Staffords gave me a copy of the police committal proceedings along with the, the murder trial transcript. For those who don't understand what a committal proceedings is, it's a lower court hearing to determine if there's sufficient evidence to take the matter to trial. I read the, the committal proceedings, I read the trial transcript, I, I watched the police crime scene videos, I viewed the, the crime scene photographs, reviewed all the forensic evidence and frankly I believe that Graham Stafford was guilty after reading all that material. It was clear that his vehicle was at the body disposal site, no doubt about that. He had lied to the police. The deceased blood was throughout the house where they lived and throughout his car. But I had agreed to investigate the matters uh, that his family asked me to do. What I did find was disturbing, unbelievable, 
and went against everything I had learnt in my police career and time as a private investigator. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. None of the Crown evidence used in the committal and the trial had been tested at all by defence counsel. I thought that eventually I'd find a logical explanation for what I was finding when, when I tested the evidence. And we will talk about that in detail in later chapters. After the initial funds the Staffords had paid me were exhausted and their budget depleted, I decided to continue investigating the murder at my own cost. Jamie, I believed a miscarriage of justice had occurred. I believed it would be quickly resolved and the error corrected. But boy, was I naive. When I tried to alert police to the problems I'd found, it ended badly with efforts to charge me with interfering in a police investigation. However, the media started to take an interest in the case. And as media interest grew, more and more people contacted me with snippets of information and evidence. Some of it was actually startling and perhaps even unbelievable, as you'll hear in later chapters. However, wherever possible, I followed every lead and either confirmed it or eliminated it. And so, Graham, you actually identified several other suspects who you thought might have been a better fit than Graham Stafford, right? That's correct, Jamie. Um, I did. What we did initially was we had two criminal profilers profile the killer of Leanne Holland. Those profiles are, are on the website whokilledleanneholland.com for those who are interested in reading them. We had one profiler complete a report in 1996 and uh, profiling in 1996 was, was rarely used. It, it was a new science. Today it's, it's, it's more it's accepted but back then it was um, unheard of basically. And in January 2020 we had another criminologist prepare a profile of the offender. It's interesting to compare the profiles of the three suspects that I gave to police against the profile of Graham Stafford. Some 23 days after the murder of Leanne Holland, another 12-year-old girl was murdered in Goodna, one kilometre away from Leanne Holland's house. The police knew it wasn't Graham Stafford, he was in custody. The offender in that instance was arrested the same day and is still in prison for her murder. And for the record, Jamie, I don't believe in coincidence. The second suspect was a male who previously lived in Brisbane's western suburbs and confessed to his then-girlfriend that he killed a young girl in the western suburbs. This man went on to murder a man in Hobart, Tasmania, in 2004 with an eerily similar method to the way Leanne Holland was murdered. He served his sentence before being released on parole in 2015. Unfortunately, he died in 2017. What the Queensland Police did with that information, I don't know. The third suspect 
has been nominated by his family as being the killer of Leanne Holland. Under Queensland legislation, we cannot name him, so we shall call him Pete. But he is a 66-year-old male who was a friend of the Holland family with a lengthy criminal history going back to the 1970s. At the time of Leanne Holland's murder, he was acting as a police informant for the Goodner Detectives. He has publicly stated that he attended the Holland household on the day the murder investigation commenced at the request of detectives to suss out what was going on. There is strong evidence that he was also at the body disposal site dressed as and with detectives. And there is photographic evidence to confirm that. I have statements from five people who swear that the person in the photograph is Pete. You'd have to ask yourself, what is a convicted criminal doing at a body disposal site with detectives? By the way, Queensland Police deny this claim. This person went on to serve eight years imprisonment for the incest of his two daughters and recently was charged with the rape of his 12-year-old granddaughter. What the Queensland Police did with that information, I don't know because they won't release a report. And you wrote a book about the matter, didn't you, Graham? Sure, Jamie. Uh, that was published in 2005. I co-authored it with Professor Paul Wilson, um, who in Queensland was well-known, long history of uh, criminology. Uh, he himself was convicted of uh, a historical sexual abuse charge a few years ago in relation to a young girl. Nothing to do with this book, but I just mention it here for full disclosure. Uh, the Queensland Police Service has closed its investigation into the murder of Leanne Holland following a review of the case. The investigation was extensive and far-reaching, including addressing the issues raised in a book written about the case by Mr Graham Crowley. And as you know, there's a, there's a funny story about the, the book and how the Queensland Police got access to it. I told you about it in Sydney. They had borrowed a copy of my book from the library. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> How do you know? They told me. <laughs> I said, oh, fuck. You would have given them one. I gave them two. Oh, yeah. I said, yeah. Yeah. Sure signed it. Seeing as the budget doesn't, doesn't go as far as buying a couple, yeah. I'll, I'll give you two copies. Yeah. <laughs> Cheap bastards. <laughs> <laughs> they borrowed it from the library. It's good. Borrowed a copy from the library. <laughs> fuck me. Can you take me to Goodner and show me all the places we've been talking about? Absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's important that, that you see them and, and understand the, the location. The first place Graham took me was the Goodner Caravan Park and the scene of the second murder. The footbridge is no more and it's been replaced by that. And the, the caravan park was right there okay. on that side of the creek. And the kids used to come across the walkway mm -hmm. bridge and go under to go up to um, the train station for school. Mm -hmm. And that's where Julianne Lowe was going when Sean McFedrin hijacked her and killed her. So he drowned her here, here right creek. here? Yeah, this creek here. It's a creepy place. Um, we've got to go turn right at that second set of traffic lights up there. So this is Alice Street. We're, 
about to turn into, yep. We're in Haragudna. Yes, mate. So it's right off the main drag, eh, Alice Street? Oh, when you get up here, um, it's very close to the intersection with Queen Street, and Queen Street is the main street that takes you up to Red Bank, Red Bank Plaza, mm. and all those other western suburbs. Mm -hmm. so Queen Street is the main thoroughfare to go up there, so it's... Um, okay, so here's the Cecil Hotel. Oh. And here's the house on the left over here, where this black car is. Wow. Oh, wait, next to it. Wow. There. 78. That is a dive of a place, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it is now, but... The house where Leanne Holland lived is a typical two-storey Goodner house, with what looks like a rendered brick or block-bottom storey and cladding on the second level. It has two single garage doors with the paint peeling off them, exposing the bare metal. There's a poinciana tree in the front yard. There is a door that leads to the bottom storey. Right beside the door is a set of stairs that lead to the upper-level veranda and main living area of the house. The prosecution claimed that Leanne's brutal murder occurred in the upstairs bathroom of this house and Graeme Stafford carried Leanne's body down these front stairs and placed her in the boot of his car, which was parked in the driveway. These claims are strenuously denied by Stafford and his defence. The house is an off-white and reddy-brown colour. Compared to the photos I've seen from 1991, it looks like it's got a new set of stairs and not much else. The house is situated one house back from Queen Street, which is Goodner's Main Street. Directly opposite Leanne's house is the Cecil Hotel, which is now painted pink and black. In 91, Graham tells me the Cecil Hotel had a lounge bar that faced directly onto the Holland House with the clear view of the front stairs and upstairs door. So if Stafford did kill Leanne inside the house, the house and carry her down the stairs, it would have been in full view of the hotel's patrons and staff. For the record, no one saw anything. These days it's been renovated and there is no view of the house from inside the hotel. Graham and I turn right onto Queen Street and begin walking so down towards the, the shops, Commonwealth where the Commonwealth Bank, Bank is located. Leanne's trip to the house, shops on Monday, different. September 23rd, 1991, became a crucial part of the prosecution case against Graham Stafford. Well, these are the shops that Leanne was heading to mm -hmm. uh, when she left home on the morning, the yep. Monday the 23rd. Yeah. Where she came to uh, is not clear. Mm -hmm. The police say the last positive sighting of her was at 10.30 mm -hmm. when she was seen walking back towards mm -hmm. her house mm -hmm. from the shops. Mm -hmm. The problem with that is that at 11.05 there was a withdrawal from this, from this account mm -hmm. in the name of Herbert Holland, who was the great uncle of Terry Holland, I think from memory. Leanne's father. Leanne's father. Now, he told the court that he withdrew the money from the account. Mm. The bank teller told the police that she was served by a young girl fitting Leanne's mm. description. She saw the photo of Leanne on the TV, on, I think on the Wednesday night, when she, Leanne had been reported missing, and she recognised her as the girl that she had served, mm. or similar to the girl she had served, at the bank on the Monday and she went in and dug up the transaction and found a transaction in the name of Herbert Holland which was a third party transaction and she believed that that had been done by Leanne Holland. Which Herbert said in his testimony that it was him. 
and that he'd been served by a male. Yeah. Problem with that is that there was no males being served that day, and the transaction slip mm. had the bank teller's initials mm. on it, confirming mm. that she had done the transaction, mm. and it also had her her computer number on it, confirming mm. that she had done she the transaction. For the police case to be correct, the bank teller must have been lying. But as the evidence clearly shows, she wasn't. From here to Herbert Holland's house for a young girl is probably a 10 to 15 minute walk, yeah. if she was walking, yeah. if she yeah. wasn't driven here. Mm. So that would put her alive at least 11.20am. Mm. Uh, and Graham Stafford was confirmed at a lunch shop yeah. at 11.45am. Yeah. Doesn't leave a lot of time. Doesn't leave any time. So that's and, the Commonwealth Bank. And as I said, we don't know what the police did or didn't mm. do mm. with that evidence because mm. they refused to release the re mm. review. Mm -hmm. The next location I take Jamie to is Bailey Street, Goodner. This was the address where the Hollands lived prior to moving to Alice Street, Goodner. Across the road from the Hollands lived suspect number three, who I've referred to as Pete. You'll hear his name beeped out during the conversation. Another resident of Bailey Street is one of the people who has positively identified Pete as being the person sighted at the body dump site with so detectives. The next intersection. And, and this is where met the whole thing. We're on our way to meet Graham Stafford and his partner, Jackie, to visit the body dump site. But on the way, Graham makes a quick stop at the Lee Ann Holland Memorial Park, situated on Smith's Road, Goodenough. So there's the sign. If you look in your mirror now, there's a sign there. Yep. If you see the police police photos where the detectives all stand around, yep. that sign's in the background. In the same photographs can be seen Pete, the police informant and pedophile who I've identified as suspect number three, mingling with detectives. We park our cars on Red Bank Plains Road. It's a very busy stretch of road that connects the western suburbs of Brisbane to Ipswich. I'm looking at the Bushland Reserve. Despite its name, it's almost in the middle of suburbia. And this is the site where Leanne's body was dumped. So yeah, okay. The road went up there, the dirt road went up there, mm -hmm. and cut, cut across the back here. But this is about where the body was found. Yeah, it's not far from the road though, is it? I imagine to be further away. You thought it was further in? Yeah, I thought yeah. it was further in too, just from what I've read. Like when you imagine, yeah, as no. I thought it was more, no. I didn't realise it was so close to the road. If, okay. if anything, like if it's not that tree, it's that tree. It's that sort of, it's this yeah, distance. It's, it's not, we're not, not talking. Yeah. yeah. I've actually got the, um, the video, I haven't watched it up. I've actually got the DVD of the, uh, the police uh, search. Oh, good. See, even now, this is a busy road, even though you've got the motorway there. Yeah. And it was back in 91, it was busy as, as well. It, the, the motorway was a four-lane road. And this was, a, was and always was and always is a popular shortcut mm. out, to, uh, out to Ipswich. I was shocked to see where Leanne's body was dumped, so close to suburbia and less than 100 metres from busy Red Bank Plains Road. Did the killer know this location, or did he stumble across it? We will be presenting evidence in a later chapter that suspect number three used to bring his daughter to the same spot 
for sex. This tour of Goodner gave me the perfect insight into the background of the case. Please join us next time on Who Killed Leanne Holland to hear firsthand Graham Stafford's version of events. We interview him in depth regarding the police version and his version, and we have purposely not provided him with a list of questions we intend to ask him. At the end of the series, I will invite you to be the jury of this trial, the Crown vs Graham Stewart Stafford, and cast your vote, guilty or not guilty. Regardless of your vote, you will also be invited to sign a petition addressed to the Queensland Attorney General requesting a coronial inquest be held into the death of Leanne Sarah Holland. It does not matter if you are not a resident of Queensland, nor even live in Australia. Just add your support to show the Attorney General an inquest into the matter is in the public interest, despite claims to the contrary by the Queensland Police Service. Thank you for listening to Who Killed Leanne Holland? Who Killed Leanne Holland is a 610 Media production. This episode was written and fact-checked by Graham Crowley. Recording, editing and theme music by Jamie Poltz. This episode was mixed and mastered by Tom Johnson at Jampot Studios. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram. Just look for Who Killed Leanne Holland. You can also head to our websites to read our blogs and see pictures at www.whokilledleanneholland.com and www.610mediagroup.com. If you're enjoying the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and don't forget to subscribe. All links will be on our show notes. Join us for Chapter 2, Graham Stafford. Killer, accomplice or victim, you decide. In this chapter, we question Graham Stafford in depth. It was pretty... um, It's hard to put into words. I think when they sort of came back and found me guilty, the, the thing that sort of overrode that was hearing um, my um, sister screaming in the back sort of thing, you know, and all the um, upset that they were going through, you know. Um, I didn't really, I mean, I, I think I just sort of dropped back into the seat and just, it was, yeah, couldn't believe it. Look back over it now and, and, and think, a lot of the things that I did was just so sort of meaningless that I, that's probably why I don't recall exactly when I did them or um, in what order sort of thing. But uh, I know that um, I, re- I recall Leanne saying something about wanting to dye her hair or sort of streak her hair or whatever because I had streaked hair at the time, you know, just sort of like highlights, whatever they call them. And it was just a casual conversation. I mentioned that uh, there was still some left in my kit. If it was all right with uh, her sister, she could, um, you know, have that. Did you murder Leanne Holland? I've got a couple of companies I'd like to give a shout out to for helping me produce a better sounding podcast. When I'm out in the field doing interviews and recording audio for this show, I use a Zoom H6 multi track handy recorder. For my voiceovers, I use an Audio-Technica BP40 broadcast microphone, which you are hearing me on now. When I'm editing and putting shows together, I listen back through a set of Yamaha HS7 studio monitors. These companies, Zoom, Audio-Technica and Yamaha Music, have helped me up my podcast game, which in turn gives you a better listening experience. So thanks. 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.